0: What relationship do you identify with in specific situations? See in your situation, who are you praying to? If I petition myself under God, God I am under you as a king, now I'm ready to listen in the right way. If you don't read the word and know it, if you don't put it as the number one thing that you do on a daily basis to get closer to God, to make sure you spend time in there, then you cannot identify the relationship you need in order to pray at the time when you need to pray so that you can get the answers that you're seeking. What is God's role in your life and how do you approach Him? In today's message, Josh Mason, youngest son of senior pastor Eddie Mason, discusses the various relationships we can have with God. My life is about relationship. If you ever hear the music I sing, it's about relationship. The the, the songs that get me to cry, that get me to want to praise on Sunday, that get me to want to do it, it's always about relationship. And so he, he started talking to me and he said, Josh, do you understand that the relationship you have with me in the midst of different trials and tribulations You have to identify that relationship to get the result that you're looking for. So as I bring the word this morning, I, I just want you to think. What relationship do you identify with in specific situations? If you'll bow your heads, let me just pray real quick. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you. I pray that this morning would be fun, that we'd get a lot out of the message Lord Jesus, that uh, we would just take time to listen to what You have to bring to us, that it would challenge us, that nobody would just take what I say at face value, but that they would challenge it, that they would look up the Word, and that they would try to seek You in the midst of it. Lord, I pray that today would be a great day. Just take a second and say, we trust You. you. Say, we trust You. We trust You. Your Your ways are higher than our own. Amen. Amen. I love that song, by the way. (laughs) What do you think it's about? Isn't it about relationship? We trust you. Each day we go through a plethora of situations that require us to identify our relationship with God at the moment in order to deal with those situations correctly. The problem is that we often operate within the same relationship all the time And that causes us to miss the mark and struggle either with our own faith or to even hurt someone else's. Because we identify incorrectly. Go to the next slide for me. I just thought of some different relationships servant, daughter, father, wife, husband. We always think of the positive ones, don't we? We don't think about affairs. We don't think about abusive, authoritarian. We don't like to think of those different styles. What if I told you that you can actually make God your enemy? Flip to the next slide for me. In James 4.4, 4, he says, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. If I am in what I'm doing, what am I identifying with my relationship with God? Click it one more time and you'll see. God the enemy. Self-created, not God-created. Most people go, I've never been an enemy of God. We always sing, I am a friend of God. This, by the way, is what I see as an affair. Think about it. The world is pushing us to be this way. You go to school and you can't talk about who? You go to work and you can lose your job if you talk about who? So what do we do? We go to work, we go to school. We sit there and we close our mouths and we see situations that go on that we need to talk about, we need to pray about, we need to do. We refuse to say that we're God. Uh, children of God, we will even cuss, we will use language that we wouldn't use around our friends, and we do that stuff, and we look like the world, and we smell like the world, and on Sunday we come and praise God, and we say, we love God. Let me tell you something, when you do that, you're creating yourself as an enemy of God. You cannot look like the world, and and try to be with God. It makes us lukewarm. What does he say he's going to do when that happens? Spew you out. Think about it. We always want to look at the pretty side of it. And let me just tell you something. I struggle with it probably more than most. Working in the education system, I want to talk about this stuff. Wednesday, we had this thing called Gender Bender Day. These young men would come into school with spaghetti strap dresses and, 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 and wigs on, and they were talking about, we're just having fun. It doesn't mean anything. I think God told us to identify ourselves a specific way. That's why he had us born a specific way. And I think bringing confusion is not good. What are some other relationships we have? You can think of the parent relationship, father-son, mother-daughter, father-daughter, mother-son. Husband-wife relationship. Hopefully that's a good one for you. It is for me, 99% of the time. Um, and as my wife will tell you, that 1% of the time is always my fault. So you have the king-servant relationship, friends relationship, brothers, sisters. I can go on. When I tried to identify relationships, right, and I just tried to look at those things, there were 1,355 different ones that I had found in my research. That's a lot of different types of relationships. Go to the next slide for me. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and, and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Who is He? In that relationship, who is He to you? You can't pay your bills. Don't be anxious about it. Your boss calls you and says, Hey, I need you to come in and we've got to talk about something. Can I ask you what it is? Nope, you'll have to wait till tomorrow. You can't be anxious about it. Who are you going to talk to? Yeah, but God, the what? If I identify him as God the friend, is that really what I need to identify him with? Because my friend does not take away my anxiety. I love my brother Herman. He's not going to take away my anxiety. I love my father. Ask him. We've had discussions. I've lost my mind. He doesn't take it. Click it again for me. You have to see him as God the king. The king is the only one that can provide. The king is the only one that can give you peace. If I do not identify him as the king in that situation, but as the brother, as the friend, as something else, I could create a negative feeling in my heart because it won't take it away. And that feeling could create distrust, distance, make me feel fragile, broken, loveless, one sided, tension, unstable, unhealthy, negative, cruel. You ever felt like God was cruel? I have. I watched my aunt pass away in less than two months. I prayed night and day for her. Who was I praying to? And when I got in that anxious situation, when I couldn't petition God correctly, who was I petitioning? God the friend? God the brother? I wasn't petitioning God the king. I didn't submit myself, so when I didn't submit it the right way, I didn't understand what was going to happen. When I didn't understand what was going to happen, and she did pass away, I felt like it was cruel. I felt distant from God. I felt like it was an abusive situation. You told me if I pray. You have not because you ask not. We forget who are we asking? When I took time and I prayed to God about it later, He said, you didn't requisition me as the king so that I could make you feel better about what was going to happen. She needed healing, but not healing on the earth. Think about Job. God looked Job straight in the face and said, why are you questioning me? How do you petition me? Click on the next slide for me. Humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. See, I think we always misinterpret these ideas. We think of this as a friendship relationship, but friends cannot give you something. I do not humble myself before friends. I should, but I don't. Who do I humble myself before? Click it for me. A king. A person of authority in your life. See, in your situation, who are you praying to? You're going to hear me say that this entire time. That's my theme. What relationship are you identifying in the midst of the situation? And if we don't petition the right one, we may see it incorrectly. If I petition myself under God, God, I am under you as a king. Now I'm ready to listen in the right way. I promise you, if my father walks up to you, you're going to have one reaction. If the president comes, you're going to have a different one. Think about in Egypt. Your neighbor came to you, it meant one thing. What would happen if the king came? you bowed before that king. You humbled yourself before him. Why? Because he had the power. If he says, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he might lift you up, he can only lift you up because he's got the power. The power. I'm sitting in education right this minute wondering what's going to happen with my job next year. Stuff I can't really technically talk about. Who am I going to humble myself before? I want to be lifted up into more uh, leadership positions. Who am I petitioning? Who am I going to humble myself before? I cannot do it before my father or my brother or my friend have to put it under God, the king. Because again, here's the other part of that. That king, he's going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. Josh, you're not going to move up. He's the only one that I could appreciate that from. If I ask God, my friend, I'm going to get mad with him, aren't I? I'm going to become distant. I'm going to become enraged. I'm going to feel like I'm in a competitive spirit with him. If I ask him, is my father, I might feel like he's putting, you know, uh, giving more to my brother than to me. Let me tell you something. Growing up with my brother Herman, we sometimes had the wrong relationship. If I went to my dad and asked for something and he said no, I went to my other dad, Herman, and he would tell me yes. I think he kind of liked that. When I was about 13 or 14 and I could begin to think for myself and I didn't ask him as a father anymore, but as a friend and a brother whom I could rail against, he didn't like that as much. (laughs) No, he doesn't. But because of that relationship, there were times where I felt competitive with him, whether I meant to or not. Think about uh, Jacob. He felt a little competitive, didn't he? What did he want? He wanted the birthright. So when he identified his father a certain way. So if I'm going to God and I've got these aspirations and these things and I go to him as a father, I'm going to feel competitive against anybody that's going to get put in that position that might be over me and then I'm going to put myself in a position where instead of peace, uh, preaching love and peace and prosperity over the person that takes the position over me, I am now preaching anger and hostility and frustration over that person. Because I didn't go to God the king, I went to God the father. And if God the father gave him position over me, then Dead gummit. He was wrong. (laughs) Three assistant principal positions that I have uh, interviewed for. Three assistant principal positions I have not gotten. I promise you, that was the one time that I can identify so recently I went to God the King. And I promise you, before they ever got hired, he said, it's not your time. And I didn't get any of the positions. But do you know what happened? Boy, I love every single one of those people. I pray for them on a daily basis. I pray for prosperity. I pray for for them to be able to do God's work. They are godly people. They do believe in God. They do. And I ask that they're able to show that even though they're in a position of leadership so that our, our schools can be changed to be able to see God's word in the midst of a time when we want to have gender bender days. Go to the next slide for me, please. For consider him who endureth such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted the, uh, to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as, as to sons. My sons, do not despise the chastising or the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, He chastens and scourges every son whom He receives. Who's that? God the what? Click it. It's God the Father. When I need correction, I don't need a king. When I need correction, I love you, but I don't need a brother. (laughs) When I need correction, I need a father. Do I like it? Nope. Does it feel good? Nope. But I respect it. You know, my father always talks about going to my grandfather all the time. Didn't matter. You ask him whose room I'd cry in when I'd make major mistakes. You ask him who I call when I know what I should do, when I know there needs to be some change, some chastening. I don't want to hear it, but I still call him because I need to hear it. I got to go to a father. Why do I got to go to a father? Because he loves me. Because even though He's going to change me and move me in the direction that I need to go, even though He's going to position me in another thing, I know it's out of love. I know that it's going to put me in the right position. And I know at the end of the day, I am going to be a better person for it. And if I go with that, then here's what I'm looking at. If I identify that, what's going on, which one I have to pray to. I'm praying to God the Father. It doesn't matter. This is the effect that these types of relationships have on me. They're positive. It can be supportive, nurturing, kind. Comforting, loving, humorous, <laughs> yeah, uh, authoritative. You would think that would be a negative one, wouldn't you? It's really not all the time. Helpful, motivating, guiding, trusting, inseparable. See, if I identify it correctly, I need change. I need to understand it. So I go to God the Father, not God the King. Not God the brother, not God the friend. I go to God the Father because I know, even though He chastens me, even though He rebukes certain things that are within my heart that aren't godly, even though He does that stuff to me, He loves me, He's going to put me on the right path. And at the end of the day, I'm going to feel supported and loved and prepared and ready. I'm not going to feel condemned or ashamed. And remember, remember, Conviction and condemnation are miles apart even though they sound like they're right next to each other. And let me promise you, under my Father, I can feel conviction, but I don't feel condemnation. There's a big difference. Maybe you say to yourself, I already understand this. So then I want to go to you. Do you feel times where you're discouraged with God? Do you feel like he's broken you? When he says, let everything that can be shaken, be shaken. How do you feel after that? And if you're sitting before me and trying to tell me the bold-faced lie that you got it, it's okay. You're praying to the right one because you have identified it. Then you're lying to yourself. Because I can sit here right now and tell you there are days, months, weeks that I am struggling with my relationship with God. It's not just my prayer time or reading time, it's trusting Him. Why? Because I'm not going to Him the right way in the midst of the situation. And when it doesn't go the way that He would identify with me, the way I need to identify with Him, I now have created, I, not God, have created a place of distrust and distance. Click on the next one for me. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. God the what? Friend. You can click on that. Again, we need to understand, I need to know more. I need to go deeper. I need to understand you more. I need to know what the Father says. I need to know all this stuff. Who am I going to? I'm going to my friend. Why? Because my friend is not going to treat me like a servant. My friend is not going to teach me like, my, like a subordinate. My friend is going to teach me as an equal, and he's going to show me what he shows, what he knows, what he understands. When I was in college, I had this professor, and I love it, I use it all the time, but he said, don't pull the ladder up. So when you're learning knowledge, it was like being in those old, you know, it was the only boys club. We used to have that when I was growing up too. Me and Brandon, we'd climb up into the, uh, the treehouse, and we had this little ladder that his dad had built us, and we'd pull it up so no girls could get up. No boys allowed, or no girls allowed That wasn't much of a friend, I have to be honest with you. But the idea is if you've made it to a higher place as a friend, you want that ladder to be down there for them so they can climb to the same place. So if Jesus, our friend, right? If we identify Him as a friend, we need to go deeper. He's going to put that ladder down for us. Whether we're a girl or a guy, it doesn't matter. Man or woman. And He's going to allow us to move higher and higher and higher and higher. I used to laugh because people like to break this saying of, no, 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 let my ceiling be my kid's floor. And they, they, they don't like that saying anymore. No, we don't want a ceiling. Guys, there's a ceiling. There's always a ceiling. Why? Because we're going to die one day. And on the day that I pass, I want to know that my kids start from that point forward higher than I was when I left this earth. How are we going to change this world if we don't do that? And I promise you, here's where it's funny. You have children, I'm just going to tell you. You want them to learn the Word of God. You want them to go deeper in God. At that time, you can't be the father. You have to be the friend. We have to get on the same level. I have to take you to where I've been. Because as a father, I know more than you. As a friend... I can show you where I've gone. Go to the next slide for me. For I am a jealous God. For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Who's that? God the what? Look at it for me. Wouldn't that be God the betrothed? God the bridegroom? We're not married yet. People miss that. What day are we going to be married? The body of Christ. When are we going to... We're being fixed. We're being beautified. We're having all these blemishes... Removed from us, not always with the best feeling in the world, but it's being done. And it doesn't matter. We have to learn to have those blemishes taken as being a part of Baptist and Southern Baptist and, and uh, Democrats and Republicans, and it doesn't matter. You, it doesn't matter what identifies. The key identification has to be what? Jesus. God. He's our he's our betrothed he's the one we want to be a part of we want to be a part of the body of christ we want to be the bride we want to be made perfect and that's going to happen on the day of reckoning that's going to happen when god brings us up he's going to make us completely perfect so what are we doing this entire time we're becoming more perfect to be with him correct so let me tell you something my wife i love her to death when we got engaged we fought like cats and dogs at times Because we had different beliefs and different feelings. My favorite was the time she looked at me and said, I can't stand it anymore. If we fight again, we're not getting married. And then we fought again ten minutes later. And we still got married. All right. Guess we're going to fight against God. Oh, you can't do that. Why not? If you're angry with God, tell Him you're angry. It's not like He doesn't know it. I used to feel that way, right? I'd think, if I think it in my head, (laughs) he doesn't know it. And so I'd think in my head, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. And with my mouth, I seriously, I'd go, God, I love you. You're so great. In all reality, I was angry with him. But do you know, when I finally got to get fixed, when I looked at him and said, God, I'm just angry. You've done me wrong. He hadn't, but I thought he did. Right? Let me tell you the other half of that. If you don't know this about me, I can get a little hot-headed when it comes to my wife. (laughs) This one professor made the mistake of following my wife after she left a class. And uh, she had tried to talk to him about some work and and things like that. And uh, I didn't quite like that. So uh, I called the school and I had a discussion with the dean. And I let the dean know that this man was never going to follow my wife again. And she said, are you threatening me? I said, oh, no, there's a promise in this. That if he follows my wife again, I will be down there with a wonderful, you know, police or any of that. I have some friends up here. We'll be down there. And uh, all I know is that my wife didn't have that happen again, and she made a good grade in the class. I don't know why. But I couldn't stand the thought that any person would put my wife in danger. It was no different when we were engaged. I was jealous. You didn't do her wrong. You could do me wrong all day. I could deal with that. You didn't do her wrong. Let me tell you something. God's the same way. Have the world do us wrong. He ain't having any of that. I'm pretty sure when His world, and I say world because you have people that don't believe in God who are trying to burn it down, and you have those that don't, they, they kind of believe in God, but they don't, that are right there in the midst of it. But, but they're all part of this world, and I promise you that when they weren't believing in God, and they were going after God's beliefs, but they were going after His bride, what did He do? He burned it to the ground, and He salted the lands. He wouldn't let anything grow. He killed the women, He killed the children, He killed everybody. He did not let anything miss. Why? Because you weren't going to miss with His bride. Amen. We, we don't think of it that way, though. Why don't we go to Him like that? God, I feel like the world's doing me wrong. Well, we're supposed to have, you know... No, we, we let Him sort it out. He's the bridegroom. He's going to protect us. Amen. Didn't He say that? No weapon formed against you shall... It's not a king that's jumping in front of that. It's our betrothed. And if you don't think I jump in front of a bullet for my wife and for my kids, you got another thing coming. Click on the next one for me. I'm going to go through one last thought. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine... Reproof, correction, instruction, and in righteousness. Second Timothy 3.16. What does that mean? That means if you don't hide the Word in your heart, if you don't read the Word and know it, if you don't put it as the number one thing that you do on a daily basis to get closer to God, to make sure you spend time in there, then you cannot identify the relationship you need in order to pray at the time when you need to pray so that you can get the answers that you're seeking. How can you? If you didn't know that by making the world your friend, you're making God your enemy then you've already put yourself under the boot. Because you don't realize what you're doing. And you think that you're having the relationship you want to have with God. Things are going great. Oh, sure. I tithe, so God's taking care of your bills. I'm doing this, so God's taking care of that. You don't realize that you're out there and you're looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at, and you're talking to people in ways you shouldn't be talking to them, and you're talking behind other people's backs so that you can be a part of their friendship, And and you're acting exactly like the world does, and you smell exactly like the world does, and you become an enemy of God, and you don't even recognize it because you don't know the Word. Think about it. You have to hide the Word in your heart. You have to know it you have to meditate on it you have to pray about it you have to think about it you have to talk to god about it because in that midst in that time when a situation arises which by the way i can't even name the number of situations that rise in a single day <clears throat> you know how to pray when to pray what to pray it says pray without ceasing how do you do that You can't do that if you don't have a relationship. And you can't do that if you don't understand the situational relationship. It doesn't mean that I have to start it off so humbly. Oh, that man cut me off in in traffic. Hold on just a minute, traffic. All right, Lord. I come to you as the king. You know, that's not what he's saying. But instead, he cuts you off. And the second that that happens, you understand a blessing. Do You bless him as talking to God the Father, God the friend. Oh, we don't have to think of it that way. Yeah, I really think we do. Because if we understand the relationship, then we understand what can happen, what's going to happen, and we're open to listening. The other part of that is, if you hide the Word in your heart and you want a real relationship with God, now He has a way to have a dialogue with you. Can He talk to you audibly? Absolutely. I've had many a times where He's talked to me audibly. One of my favorite friends in the world, Daryl White, Favorite guy in the world. Went to uh, Mexico with him. The man couldn't move when God started to speak to him. And I didn't hear him at the time, but he heard him audibly, and that guy didn't move. Why? Because he was visibly shaken at the power and the strength of the Word of God. I wanted to be everywhere he was. Because I knew he heard God one of the first times I ever heard God audibly was him praying for me because I told him, I want what you got. I need what you got. And you know what he said to me? Who are you praying to? God the Father, God the Son, God the King. Who do you need to hear? And I realized I had to hear a very, very specific voice. And at that time I needed God the Father. And it was funny, because when I prayed to God the Father, not the king, not the friend, to the Father, I heard him. I heard him just like I hear my daddy talk to me. And I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. And he came to me in Scripture, and I had to understand in Scripture, and it blew my mind. And ask me how many times I want to miss church or how many times I want to miss being around him. I can't do it. It's ingrained in me. Yeah, partly because of my father, but because of the experience that I had and the words that I read, it's what we have to do. So as we're talking about maybe having a, you know, an altar call, this is what I would say is an altar call. Your relationship with God has to be Understood. Has to be strengthened. Please don't cave in floor. Has to, be, has to be to a point where you can hear Him. And so if you want to hear God, yeah, we want to speak in tongues. How are you going to do it? We have to hear God. Yeah, we want to prophesy. What do we have to do? We have to hear God. So we need to know who to pray with my altar call, or if I were to do one, is if you want to hear God, if you want to work on your relationship with God, if you want to understand your relationship with God, that you would take time to come up here and to pray about that. If you believe there are things that are stopping your relationship with God, and yes, things you do in your life will get in the way of your relationship. You just need to know it. When I turn on that TV or I get on my iPad and my wife is in that room and I get stuck on it, and she goes to bed and I'm still up and she's going to sleep and I go in there. and We haven't had any time together. It's my fault. I got in the way of our relationship with an iPad or with something like that. And I didn't get to hear her and talk to her and be a part of her. And yes, it's recorded, so now you have proof that I'm taking ownership. But I'm just saying I'm getting in the way of that. So if you come up here, you want to take away that stuff that's in the way of your relationship with God so that you can openly hear Him. And you need to know also who am I praying to and why do I need to listen to Him. When I want to talk to God, I talk to Him as my Father. For some reason, that worked the best for me. When I want to hear His audible voice because I know that when it's that time, I'm needing some correction. Eddie Mason is the senior pastor at Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted and received a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. Please join us every Sunday morning. For service times, locations, and other information about the church, visit us at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.